0: Hi, this is Ellie Fishman. This is part two of uh, cardiac CT beyond the coronary arteries. And last time I left off talking about tumors of the heart, talking about metastasis, talking about primary tumors. I showed you a nice example of angiosarcoma. And let's pick up from there. Now, one thing to remember is not everything is a tumor. And so in this case, you look and you say, gosh, that pericardium is thickened high density this was pericardial hemorrhage. Now it's important to recognize that of course a tumor can bleed and so you want to be careful. Uh, In this case uh, it was just simply hemorrhage. Uh, This patient was anticoagulated uh, incorrectly. We also see hemorrhage in patients uh, who've had surgery but at times you want to be careful because tumors can bleed so something to think about. Now, in talking about tumors in the heart, I mentioned tumors in the right atrium being common. Well, here's a mass in the right atrium. Well, what exactly are we looking at? Could this be a thrombus? Could this be a myxoma? Can it be a metastasis? What's going on? Well, if you look a little bit more carefully, you see ascites, and if you scan a little bit further and you reconstruct, you see this filling effect, which in fact is coming from beneath the diaphragm, pushing up into the uh, right atrium via the IVC, and... Here it is nicely shown here on a sagittal projection. So what we're speaking about in this case is we're speaking about tumor growing up into the right atrium. So one of the things to remember is right atrial masses may begin somewhere else. And you can see that very commonly with renal cell carcinoma. Very nice example of renal cell carcinoma growing upward into the renal vein, up into the IVC, distending the IVC, its tumor because you can see the vascularity, and then growing straight into the right atrium. So we can see this most commonly with renal cell, but you can see with hepatoma, and you can see it with adrenal carcinoma as well. Theoretically, you also can see it with the primary sarcoma of the IVC. Very, very nice visualization of that primary mass and its growth pattern. So, thinking about right atrial masses, think about thrombus, think about myxoma, though 85% of myxomas are in the left atrium, think about metastasis, including as in this case direct extension, and think about the case I showed you before uh, the last from the last talk, which was lymphoma in the HIV patient. Now, in terms of the atrium, what about the left atrium? Well, here's a good example of a mass in the left atrium. Again, differential metastasis, myxoma. This is an interesting case. This patient had a chondrosarcoma, lower extremity, which metastasized to the pulmonary veins and then grew into the left atrium. So, I've seen a number of cases now where this tumor in the lung, or this lymphoma in the lung, or hilum, and it grows along the pulmonary veins and grows directly into the patient's left atrium. And this is just a very, very nice example of that. You also notice on these 3D renderings that you could see visualization of tumor in the patient's right upper lung. Another example, here's tumor in the patient's atrium, but you really know from the epicenter visualization that this is tumor that's growing from outside in. Think about lung cancer, I guess you can think about lymphoma, Often the masses are huge, and in this case, look at what you had. Is you have this large mass left up a lung, which was involving the hilum, upper lung, mediastinum, then growing down through the pulmonary veins directly into the patient's left atrium. So just a very nice example. So again, shortness of breath. These patients often present with PE. Now this is a very uh, you know dramatic example, but it's something to consider now I show these examples to remind you of several points one is that primary tumors of the heart are rare metastasis or the secondary involvement of the heart is not that uncommon particularly when we look at things very carefully with uh, vascular imaging these days with fast scanning and metastasis are 20 to 40 times more common than primary tumors and as I mentioned pathways include direct extension um, as well as involvement along the perivascular pathway One question sometimes comes up, like the case I showed you, it's not hard to see where the tumor grows in. But sometimes you have metastasis from a distant tumor. And the question is, how do you differentiate a tumor versus thrombus? And that can be a very difficult diagnosis. So several points. One, thrombi are more common in the left ventricle, particularly as related to myocardial infarction. Thrombi are more common in the left atrium in patients with atrial fibrillation, especially when they have rheumatic heart disease, so it's something to consider. Also, thrombi are more common on cardiac walls that are akinetic, prior infarct. So again, you see that, be thinking about that possibility. And again, if you have, a patient has a catheter in place and you detect a mass that wasn't present previously, think about the fact that statistically it's more likely to be a thrombus than it is to be a... Uh, a tumor. And tumor extension of the pulmonary veins can result in thrombi being present. Extension of tumor versus thrombus can be difficult unless the tumor enhances, so that's an important factor. So sometimes it's just very difficult. Now in terms of thrombi, you know, we can see thrombi, this case very nice example, in the patient's atrial appendage. And that's not an uncommon place for seeing thrombi. Uh, sometimes you have a flow related change where it's linear but here's a great example of a thrombus and you can see this case very nice because if you look at the abdomen the patient presented with abdominal pain and you see infarcts in the patient's left kidney so very nice uh, imaging you can see the patient has thrombus uh, uh, in the atrial appendage as well as renal thrombi very very nice example what else i mentioned atrial myxoma before here's a nice example of an atrial myxoma uh, atrial myxomas, uh, we said that 85% or so, some people say 75%, but usually 85% are in the left atrium as opposed to the right atrium, is the most common benign tumor of the heart, and it's typically attached to the atrial septum near the fossa ovalis, so that can be very helpful in distinguishing it from a thrombus, and calcification is seen in over half the cases. The patient's average age is 50, and women are more likely to have it than men, And the lesions are usually sporadic, uh, but there is a familiar occurrence as well in about 10% of cases. Um, Just some of the differential diagnosis for atrial myxoma, uh, intracardiac thrombus, cardiac metastasis, lipoma, primary malignancies, and cardiac lymphoma are things at least you should consider. In terms of presentation with atrial myxoma, it can be valvular obstruction, about 40% of cases so the patient has dyspnea and edema, it can be constitutional symptoms of fatigue and FUO and weight loss in 30%, and embolic events in about 30% as well, particularly emboli to the brain. So again, it can have a very unusual presentation. can suggest an underlying malignancy. And again, as we said, when it's right atrium, here are just some of the common things to think about. Left atrium, again, myxoma is more of a likelihood just because 85% of myxomas are there. A couple examples of a left atrial myxoma in that case, or in this case, very nice example with calcification. And we did an article on this once, and so let me just show you very nice images of a left atrial myxoma near the fassovalis. So very nice example. Now I mentioned before clots, and clots are we're seeing more common. Many patients have indwelling catheters. The longer it indwells, the more likely you're gonna see a case like this. Can it be thrombus? Which is what it is but could it be tumor it's a possibility again one helpful hint is that tumors often will do some enhancement thrombi will not you'll see thrombi typically at the edge of a catheter or recently after catheter has been removed so again clinical history is very very important now i made the point before i showed you some filling defects in the left atrium and showed you a thrombus in the left atrium And uh, I should make the point that patients with acute atrial fibrillation of less than three days require intercoagulant prophylactis or evaluation by TE before cardioversion and should not be assumed to be free of left atrial thrombus. The reason I mention this is we do lots of studies prior to ablation, and one of the things they always ask us is what about the left atrial appendage particularly? So again, one of the other reasons to look at it, and here's just a good example of showing again a thrombus in the left atrium. Okay, no great difficulty, nice example there. Or this case with thrombus in the uh, left atrial appendage as well as pulmonary embolism in the right pulmonary artery. So again, very nice example. Now, as long as I showed you a PE, let me show you another case that I thought you might find fascinating. Here's a patient with a history of hypertension and lipidemia, shortness of breath, outside scan, PE, put on Coumadin, discharged, still has the same symptoms. Look at this thrombus. This is like the uh, PEFPEs, or at least maybe it should be. But when you start looking carefully at this PE, one of the things you notice, it really is impressive. There's no flow to the right main pulmonary artery beyond the thrombus or mass. And I use the word mass, because now think of mass. Could this be a tumor? It's just so large. It's more than you typically see for an acute thrombus or even a chronic thrombosis. And as I show you and as I scroll through the images, you really can get a good visualization of the mass and its extent. And in fact, this indeed was a mass. Although at first glance you think about the uh, PE, you notice that the entire vessel is filled in. And that's the hallmark of a pulmonary artery sarcoma. It's a rare tumor which arises from the wall of the pulmonary artery and can look identical to PEs. I guess one hint might be it doesn't respond to therapy. Can be the main pulmonary artery or one of its branches and Lyomyosarcomas are the most common type. Helpful things. The mass may enhance. Um, Typically PEs will not enhance. The mass may show lobulations or septations. And typically it fills in the entire vessel which is uncommon with PE. And again, size range is indeed very variable. It's interesting that more than half of pulmonary artery sarcomas are originally misdiagnosed as pulmonary emboli, often chronic PEs because of very similar findings. Also, the clinical symptoms of dyspnea, chest pain, cough, and hemoptysis also make the lesion virtually indistinguishable from a clinical perspective to PE. And of course, it's indeed very, very rare. So it's only when the patient's not responding or... Uh, embolectomy is attempted that you make the correct correct diagnosis. I'll just show you how difficult it is. Here's a saddle embolism. It doesn't look a whole lot different than the prior case. Maybe the one difference is it really fills in more of the vessel but again this is always um, a matter of uh, judgment but at least it's something to consider. I mentioned chronic pulmonary embolism. Chronic PEs often calcify. The thrombus is typically more eccentric. Here's a great example. Now, could this be a tumor in the pulmonary artery? It's possible sarcomas do calcify. Here's the CT appearance. You see it's eccentric, it's lobulated. That's more of a chronic PE type pattern and indeed matches the clinical history. So very, very nice example showing that, something indeed to be aware of. Last case I'm gonna show you, is just something we've come across twice now. Interesting you look at this case, look at the patient's left atrium that looks like a cleft down the center of the atrium, and let me just change that visualization a bit. See that cleft? It almost looks like something's making two halves to the left atrium. Well, when you look carefully, you realize there's a septation in place, and this is actually an entity. This is an anomaly called the core triatriatum. Its an anomaly where the left atrium is separated by a membranous or fibrous band. It's associated with many major congenital abnormalities in the pediatric population, including tetralogy, double-advular right ventricle, or coarctation, and most commonly involves the left atrium as opposed to the right atrium. It occurs in uh, well under 1% of infants with cardiac disease. Most patients present in infancy, but they can present in early adulthood, as was the case here. Clinical presentation, the asymptomatic patients, Incidental finding on CT, as you saw in this case, or a hard murmur. Of course, patients can be very symptomatic from dyspnea to hemoptysis to atrial fib to systemic thromboembolism. So again, a wide range of appearances. So with that, let me stop here. I think I've shown you a number of very important entities. I think they can be very uh, helpful in a day-to-day practice to think about these. I also will tell you that after RSNA 2008, which we are, About two days ago, we put up 20 key cases in cardiac CT. It's our newest program on cardiac CT. A lot of this material is in there and it's expanded and it's something you surely should look at. And with that, have a great day.